we're going to look at something which I believe will be really life-transforming. Um, I'm going to read a verse, some verses from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses um, 1, verse 1 to 3 or so. So let me read this. It says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. And I want us to really look at something today that I believe is going to really help us, which is this. We're going to look at repentance from dead works. The Bible says, see, if we're going to really see revival in, the, in these days, there has to be repentance. When Jesus came, before Jesus came, there was repentance. Do you remember John the Baptist? He actually prepared the way of the Lord. He says, make his path straight. And there had to be repentance. And I believe in these days that we're living in, as much as there needs to be prayer, as much as there needs to be fasting, as much as there needs to be obedience, there needs to be repentance. And I believe as well that if we act in this, there will be a massive transformation in our lives. I believe that a, a, a lot of our problems, to be honest, is that we need to repent. There's things that we just need to just say, you know what, there's areas, aspects of our lives. When we drill down, we'll see that when we actually repent and we actually respond to the things of the Spirit, there will be a great transformation. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says this, in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to 14, and verses 6 to 1, 6, 6, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says this, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying and of, of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. You see, that last part in verse 3 of chapter 6 
And this will we do if God permits. It's just like this. If they go to do a building and they said, listen, we're going to go up. They cannot do certain things without certain permissions. They need to make sure. My point is that the structure is secure, that the structure is right before they can start to build the edifice. And it's the same thing. With our spiritual lives, God needs to inspect the foundations before he can continue to build in the way it needs to. At times, we leave these foundational things aside. And what happens is we try to build the edifice and the edifice comes right down because the foundation stones have not been done. And in fact, the foundation is Jesus Christ. Before, before we even get to the foundational truths, Jesus is the foundation. He said that we need to build upon the rock. Christ is the rock. Upon, he says, vow up Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We build our relationship upon the rock. Jesus is the rock. Our relationship, we build upon him every single day. And it's upon that we start to build upon these principles. And this principle that we're going to seek to build upon today is repentance. Repentance from dead works. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to look at what repentance is. Because you know, at times we just hear the word repentance, right? And it's just, it just goes in and out, and they say, yeah, Lord, I, yeah, forgive me. And then, There's a bit more to it. There's a bit more to it that we need to look into, I believe, that where God will speak to us and how we respond, etc. But you'll see what I'm saying as we get there. So let's look at the definition of repentance. Let me just add this, right, because I got this little, little video from... Um, somebody someone sent I don't know if they sent it from Ghana or whatever right but it was a video and it was like a, a big shopping mall looking all lovely and glossy and nice people coming out and all that stuff doing their shopping all of a sudden the thing come tumbling down I said what is this and that's exactly this is why it's so important you know if we don't have that foundation solid my Lord God of heaven, we will not be able to stand. And so this is why we're going to take the time and look at this. That's, that's why I wanted this to add there. But let's look at, this is the definition that I've written about repentance. Repentance begins with the inward decision that will lead to a change of direction of how we live and conduct our life. Repentance begins with an inward decision. That will lead to a change of direction of how we live and conduct our life. And the reason why I came to this is because if you look at the Hebrew meaning of repentance, it means that you're actually turning around. That's the Hebrew meaning. And then if you look at the, in, the, the Greek definition of repentance, it's an inward change. It's a decision that I'm, I'm making a decision to change, to go the opposite way. So it's an inward change and it's an outward change. And this is why I mentioned that, 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 that definition right there. Now, when 
we speak of repentance. In the book of Joel chapter 2 and verse 12, it says that, Therefore, also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart. You see, notice it says, turn. It doesn't say, you see, see, the thing is, sometimes we get stuck with this thing of repentance. Yes, I'm repentant. I'm, I'm crying. No, it's not emotion. Repentance is a decision. Once you make that decision, there's an outward change. Now, let me just say, every single one of us, every, from the pastor right down to the newest member, we've all got stuff that we've got, that's going on in our lives. Every one of us. None of us here are perfect. And so with this, repentance is a daily thing. Repentance cannot just be, I've done it on Sunday. Monday, I can live like a devil. Tuesday, I can do what I, No. Every single day is a day of repentance. There are aspects, there are things that the Spirit of God will speak to you about. And it's up to you and I to respond. I want to give an example of someone who experienced true repentance in the Bible. Luke chapter 15, verses 12 to 19. I'm going to read the story because not many, not all of us may know it. Some of us would. But I want to read this story to you. It says this, the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, there, now before you die, sorry, let me start again. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there was he, where he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and began to starve. He persuaded the local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry, he even, even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. The Bible says this, verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, we have to come to our senses, you know. Repentance is when you come to your sense that you know what? I've missed the mark. He says, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. So the Bible says that, so he returned home to his father. While he was still long, 
way off, his father saw him, and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his, his son and embraced him and kissed him. And, so, and his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. This is a beautiful story, but a true one at that, where he decides he came to his senses. He said he's going back to his father. And when he went back to his father, his father embraced him. His father didn't shun him. His father says, listen, you spent your money now, it's all done. No, his father embraced him. The Bible says how he put a robe on him. He put a ring on him. He says, bring the fattened calf. Let us have a party because our son is now home. But you see, he, it wasn't just an inward thing. He made an outward choice as well to go back to his father. And that is truly what repentance is. I want to give an, an example here of repentance, false repentance. Because you see, sometimes we think repentance is remorse, and it's not. We're going to see an example in the Bible where somebody decided to, well, they felt bad, but the outward evidence of them actually displaying this remorse was not good. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 to 5. It reads this. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he had condemned, he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is this to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. So he said he had sinned. He threw down the pieces of silver. But then his remorse caused him to commit suicide. Another example of that where somebody had the opportunity to do what was right was Esau in the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. It says, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. There was no record of him committing fornication, but God equated that action of him rejecting his birthright as that. And it's as if like 
he despised the grace of God. God gave him the right to be the firstborn to have the blessing. But he rejected it because he wanted some soup. And God, see, at times God will come and he will reach out and he will give his grace to us. And this is why I'm saying when the Spirit of God speaks to us about a specific area, we cannot ignore it. And you know what? God will speak to us in many ways. Sometimes he'll speak through our wives. Sometimes he'll speak through our friends. Sometimes he'll speak through a bird or a plane, whatever. But when the Spirit of God speaks, it's really important. In fact, it's a critical time because it's a time where the Spirit of God is wanting to bring change. And the, the, listen, the, the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. There's going to be a day where the, the Spirit of God will just stop. His grace is there. His love is there. Just like how the father reached out to his son and, you know, killed the fatted calf, etc. But there's a time when the grace will end. And I'm saying this to say, whatever the Spirit is saying, respond. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, know, I, I know what I've got to deal with. Oh, mate, I've got stuff to deal with, trust me. Don't worry, I'm not sleeping around. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just trying to say I've got issues, right? I've got stuff I've got to deal with. But we've all got stuff. And I'm saying that whatever the Spirit of God is saying to you, whether it's a, a, a habit, whether it's, it's anger, I, I don't know. But you need to respond. Because the days that we're living in right now, then it's going to get worse. And if we don't respond, I, listen, I, I'm not God. But God, there'll be a time where if we don't respond, God will just give us over. The Bible says like in the book of Romans, he'll give you over to a reprobate mind. Where in other words, it's like your, your mind is like, like, you know, like iron, you put an iron on something where your senses, it's like you can't even feel it anymore. And we don't want that. We want the Spirit to be able to respond to us any, at any given point in time. So that when the Spirit speaks to us, we say, yes, Lord. But we don't, we don't draw him back. We don't draw back and we don't say, oh, it's okay. This is, I like this. Because this, this, this is the bottom line. You know what? As we go through these habits, you know, we, 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 we have to be honest say, Lord, look, I like it, you know, I, I, like, I like doing this, I enjoy it, I enjoy, I, I enjoy lying, I enjoy cheating, be honest, just be honest before the Lord, because when we're honest like this, what happens is the Spirit of God is then able to then move and say, Lord, look, please, can you just help me, set me free, Lord, I don't want to forgive that person over there, because they hurt me too much, it was, it was far too much for me, and I just feel that if I forgive them, they'll just do it again. But the Bible says that if we don't forgive, he won't be able to forgive us. Um, and so it's, it's so important that we respond as quickly as we can to the Spirit. Because the, the enemy knows that when we forgive and the grace of God comes... And then he does not have a hold anymore. Because that's all he wants. He just wants a foothold. When he has a foothold, he has, he has us. He can take hold of us. But God wants to do so much. He wants to pour so much into our lives. 
You see, the thing is, before, you see, you see we really need, to, we, we want to please the Lord, right? All of us want to please the Lord here. But before we, and the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. But before we can even get to faith, we need to repent. Because there is, see, the Bible says, look, before we could, it says, it says repent and believe. When the apostles, when the different ones were coming and they were saying, listen, what shall I do to be saved? Repent and believe the gospel. Before we can actually enter this place of faith, enter this place of, um, of, of trusting the Lord, there has to be repentance. Repentance is the order of the day. One man said this, a change in a man's conduct is a change in God's judgment. One change can change everything. Your decision, inward decision, an outward decision can change God's judgment. This is why it's, that scripture that we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 to 14, it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. And if I shut up heaven that there may be no rain, and, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people who which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So it's right there. Repentance is not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a turning away. Let's look at a few things that will show biblical repentance. So the first thing I have got here, some fruits of repentance. The first thing is a change in our values. A change in your values. Certain things, when you give your heart to Christ, the things that are really important to you are, when you give your heart to Christ, the things that are really important to you is more important than the things that you used to have or used to treasure or used to value before. When you repent, the things of God, the word of God, the things of the spirit of God becomes more important to you than the things that would re you would say, yeah, man, this, anything that would really satisfy your, your flesh. Also, it's like a change in lifestyle. How you would approach and live your life. Because when you repent, you don't want to do the, the things that will dishonor him anymore. You want to please him. How you speak to people, how you handle people, you want to make the Lord happy. 
Also, it will affect another fruit of is that you change your relationships. Because sometimes, you know, it's like certain relationships will affect how your relationship is with the Lord. It's like you have some friends that will want to do some things that are dishonoring before the Lord. And then you, you was with them and then you, you got saved and then it's like, they say, are you going to come out of us and do these things that we used to do anymore? No, I can't. Because it's dishonoring before the Lord. So you have to change your friends. Doesn't mean say you can't ever speak to them again, but you can't hang out with them because if you hang out with them, it's going to affect you. See, the, the, the thing is, is like, um, you know, with repentance, sometimes you may feel like, oh, yeah, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And you think, hold on, going back to do the sin again. That's not repentance. That's not, re it's, it's like, it would be better that it's like you go back to do that thing. He said, Lord, please help me. Lord, I, I, I really enjoy, I'm, I feel to just emphasize this. I'm going back to emphasize it. I really enjoy doing this sin. Please help me. Set me free. Because I don't want to be wrong in your eyes. I want to be pure. I want to be holy. The Bible says that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We have to walk right before him, pure before our king. So repentance involves a firm decision. It's a firm decision, just like what the prodigal son did. It was a firm decision for him. Also, fruits of repentance is having a mind renewed. Having a mind renewed. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24, it says that ye put off concerning the former conversations or, or lifestyle, the old man, which corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's a putting off and there's a putting on. You need to put on like the mind of Christ, taking the word of God, ensuring that your mind is renewed. Because remember... Our spirit saved, but then our soul needs to be renewed with the word of God. Another version reads this. Then throw off the old evil nature. The old you, that was a part in, in partner in your evil ways. Rotten through and through. Full of lust and shame. Now your attitudes and your thoughts must all be constantly 
changing for the better. Yes, you must be a new and different person, holy and good. Clothe yourself with this new, new nature. So we receive this new nature, but we need to con constantly renew it with the word of the Lord. Another fruit of repentance is this. God enables us to repent. He enables us. In Acts chapter 11, verse 18, it says, When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. And they said, We can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. And also in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 to 26, it says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with different, um, diff different people. What's my, let me go back to my, with difficult people, gentle Instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the evil traps. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So it's, it's so important that we recognize that God gives us. He's the one that enables us to change our mind. He gives us that grace. But we need to make the decision. You see, that's, that's the thing. God is such a gentleman. He will not enforce himself upon anybody. I remember somebody coming to say to me, why can't you get this person to do this? I said, Mr. I'm not God, you know. I'm, I'm not God. It's up to them. It's, it's, God doesn't even do that to them. So who am I to be going to be telling that person to be, to, to be do this for you or do that for you? My point is God is a gentleman. And so we just need to yield to him. And as we yield, he will give us the grace to respond. Also, with repentance, it's a requirement for salvation. Okay. It's a requirement for salvation. I'll read this last scripture. And it says this, And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Believe and keep living the way you want. If you, no, not, that's, not, that's, that's part of my notes there. Believe and keep living. You see, if we, if we believe, we can't just do what we want, is what I'm trying to say there. You've got to believe. You've got to repent and believe. You've got to change. And I'm telling you, this word comes right from me and every single one of us. And I want to encourage all of us here that whatever the Spirit of God is asking you to change, it might be food that you're eating that you shouldn't be eating. It might be 
um, watching a program you shouldn't be watching. I don't know what it is. But this, these things here are really crucial to your growth and your development. If we're to progress and go higher in the things of the Lord, these things need to be dealt with. It needs to be handled. It cannot be trifled or treated in a small way. And I want to encourage you to whatever the Spirit of God is saying, just respond to him. In fact, I will, challenge, I will give you this homework. Write out things that the Spirit of God is asking you to address and deal with it. Write them out. Repent of them and ask him for the grace to change. Make that decision and then ask him to help you to change because he will do just that. The Spirit of God will help you. So let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. We, we thank you for your word. Lord, we recognize, Lord, that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We recognize, Father, that we need your spirit to transform us. And we need your help. You see all the areas of weakness in our hearts and our lives, Father. You see where we've faltered. You've seen where we've made mistakes. You've seen, Father, where we've got those things, Father, where we just like to hold on to them because we enjoy them. And, Father, we want to change. Lord, please help us. Please help us to be more like you in our thoughts, in our actions, in our behavior, in our conduct, so that we can be holy before our Lord and Savior. I pray, Father, that you will grant grace, Father, that as we run to you, as we make the decision, and as we run back to you, Father, just like the prodigal son, Father, that you will continue to supply grace to us today. We pray and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.